and welcome to episode 169 of Divided by Werewolves, our last show in March, and then the quarter of the year will be done. Spring will soon be upon us, I guess. It is kind of I mean, we had fake spring already, so now we're back into... Shit, like, like... Winter heard that like people were wearing shorts last week, and it was like holding <laughs> my beer. Like, like, yeah, no shit, right? It is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, not exactly how we, I would have wanted to start the show. Uh, Friday, we got the very uh, sad news that uh, Lance Reddick um, had passed away at the age of sixty, yeah. um, which is ridiculous. Um, Prolific actor, obviously, um, lately known uh, for, you know, being in the John Wick movies, also um, had been on Fringe, was in the Horizon Zero Dawn movies. But for those of us who have been riding sparrows off of cliffs for the past eight years, um, he was our commander, Zavala. Um, And, um, you know, it was very touching to see the various, you know, tributes, you know, within the game, people going to the tower and kind of kneeling before him. Um, You know, when Destiny first started, you know, and this is before we had Eris Morn and all these other ancillary characters that have, you know, Drifter, you know, characters that have kind of come in along the way, you know, you had the three, you know, you had kind of the, which, which probably at the time was eight years ago when you consider what was big in pop culture eight years ago. You know, you had Nathan Fillion as Cade Six, basically being Nathan Fillion. You know, you had Gina Torres, also from Firefly, being Ikora. And then you had Lance Reddick, who, I, you know, I don't think was as well known as certainly as like Nathan Fillion. And those three... Yeah kind of vanguard commanders fit very they're kind of one note at first you had your stern yeah. you know kind of i'm all in commander you had your thoughtful tactician science nerd and then you had your jokey uncle hunter um and you know obviously Cade six was killed off and forsaken and gina ikora just as a character let's be honest has completely disappeared from yeah from destiny storytelling altogether uh it, it was recast uh i would say has been replaced by osiris in terms of um like a, a warlock uh yeah. presence and then you have commander zavala who over the past year year and a half has experienced some incredible character growth both in, you know, Season of the Haunting, kind of processing the grief of what happened to his family with his wife yes. and giving, giving uh, you know, finally letting go of some of those burdens to, to now, in the Lightfall and, and Season of the Defiance, that the main reason that he felt for existing, the, uh, you know, the Traveler is gone and having to now navigate uh, what that means to be a guardian without a Traveler. And and I think that the ability for them to grow that character as much as they did was very much in large part due to the strength of Lance Reddick's performance as Zavala. I agree. 
um, you know, his ability to change the tone of his voice on a dime from, you know, a stern, like, I, I don't care what you want. This is what we need right now, you know, to, 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 to a more heartfelt, emotional, vulnerable place. Um, and, and, and give that character so much depth, um, was, was because of how good he was as a performer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to think that as many times as, as we've heard, you know, I mean, when you, if you play Destiny and you play Destiny a lot, you know, all the voice cues, you know, how they, it doesn't matter how many, variations they might have for a particular strike you've you've heard them all right yes. um you know if you've if you've gone up against the the servitor priest you know that you know they'll be you know <laughs> clawing back at the walls of the city or what you know what i mean yeah. like you know we, yeah. you know you just you can think of these things and it just whether we uh, wanted it or not whether we've stepped know, like- into a war with the cabal <laughs> you know but but and i think the thing that you know hurts the most about this um, is that, you know, I think that as performers, it must be very difficult sometimes for performers because to this is, it's an art, but it's also a job. And so mm. they, they might not imbue a role with the same level of uh, meaning to them that someone who, who sees that role kind of has or takes yeah. on, right? So right. then it must be very odd if somebody is just like, you know, this thing meant the world to me. And they're like, well, yeah, I needed a paycheck. Right. right. Um, but Lance Reddick loved destiny. Like he was, yeah. a, he was a gamer. He played destiny. He loved destiny. He interacted with the community a- in a way that showed this was, I think went kind of beyond just a regular role and a regular oh, paycheck for, sure. for him. And I think the fact that year after year after year, he was still doing it when he, probably didn't need to and right. probably, you know what I mean? Like I can't imagine <laughs> voicing new lines for commander Zavala every quarter, every quarter. Well, I'm sure it was nice, steady work. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I don't think it's something you could, you could, you know, hang an entire year's worth of salary right. off of. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the fact that you, you really did get the feeling from him that this was something he cared about. This was a character he cared about. This is a game that he cared about. So knowing not just, you know, this person is no longer going to be, you know, in this world, but but this character's lines, these things that we've heard in our ears for the past eight years, like an old friend, is also gone. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the right answer is, and I don't certainly don't expect to hear anything anytime soon or whatever about how they're going to handle it in the game. You know, on on the one hand, uh, you know, if you kind of look at it as, uh, you know, like a, like a Black Panther type of situation. I I've personally, even though I was not a fan of Wakanda forever, I think it was the absolute right move to not recast. Yes. Black, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman's, you know, uh, role there. Um, the, the, I, I feel similar about this, but the only kind of thing I have nagging at me is, 
knowing if if the final shape is kind of the end of the light and dark, what would that mean for Commander Zavala as a character? Yeah. What would he get from that? Would he finally get peace? Would he? So that's kind of the thing that nags at me is what would the character? I mean, selfishly, I I would not. I don't know what I want. I guess I I would like to rewind Friday and not have it happen. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> like, um, it's not how I wanted to start my weekend for sure. You know, so I don't, I don't really know. And like I said, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know, if, I, I don't feel like it's appropriate to, you know, be speculating one way or the other. Right. Just in terms of <clears throat> sure. processing how I feel about all of it, um, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know. I was I was in the parking lot and I saw in the Discord when Sean was like, "Oh, we'll have to pour one out for Zavala," and I was like, "Why would we?" And then I saw your post of the picture in the tower and I was like, "Why would we pour one?" And I was like, "Oh no!" Like that was my immediate. Yeah. Like then, I, I uh, the news hit right about the time where I was just getting home from work, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You know what, man? I'm gonna have a good weekend." Like, you know, Friday kind of sucked at work, but I was like, "Okay." I'm gearing Shake up for the weekend, off. this, that thing. You know, I'm going to play a lot of Destiny and stuff like that. And then I get home, and it's literally the first thing I see on my phone. And I'm just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, what? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Because literally, you know, because I follow him on, on the socials and whatnot. And he was literally walking around his house singing, you know, two days ago. Like, yeah. I mean, the – yeah. I mean – And I mean, I didn't know the guy. You know what I mean? Right. I, I've just – I've known Zavala though for eight years and yeah. like you said, and it's just, and it's, you know, I don't, like I said, I know we all have our demons or whatever. Like, I don't know, you know, but for it to be natural causes and, and, you know, from what you could tell, he seemed like a good dude and like, you know, he was doing the right things and, and mm-hmm. that's just, just over, you know? It's I, like, I, I mean, the reality is, and this is something that I don't think we as a, like as a country seem to want to, accept is that the mortality rate for black men in America is so significantly lower than for white men. And that's mm. not, and that that's not even, even adjusted for, um, you know, a, a higher than, than average percentage of, of deaths due to, you know, gun violence, things like that. Like, I'm not even talking right. about that. I'm just talking about, it, it, it's almost as if the, the stress of being a black man in America and understandably so is literally taking years off of these guys' lives. Yeah. And then and then put that along with certain health conditions that don't get reported or don't get checked out and then the an, an entire medical community predisposed to not believing black people about when they come and that's not just black men that's black women too about problems they're having like it it being a black person in America it takes years off of your life and it's it's yeah. sad. It's it yep. shouldn't be that that's what's happening, but it is what's happening. Um, and and then you see something like this, and it's just right there in your face. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. It's just I don't. You know, I have certain. You know, I, I think there's certain, like you said, like you said, the characters. It's like this is this game has been such a big part of my life, and and. Yep. You know, to have something like that happen, and I mean, yeah, it's just was it, it. It's, it's, it's just it really sucks. 
Yeah, it was a gut like, punch. It just really sure. sucks. Like it really was. Like it yeah. was a gut punch Friday. Yeah. Um. And you know, for people who worked with him or knew him, and I mean, yeah. I, I just can't imagine his family. Like I, I just can't imagine what they're going through right now. So, yeah. um, his wife did did put something out here just a little while ago. I was reading it before we started recording. And I was just like, "Fuck, man." Yeah. I, I mean, what imagine. what you hope is that for his family to see these things, you know, the artwork, the, you know, uh, seeing people come to the tower, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously they're not going to fill the hole in their lives, you know, that they, they have right now, but hopefully there's some understanding there, you know, that, that he, he meant, he meant a lot to us. Um, Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, rest in peace. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he's, 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 wor- you know, whatever your, your ideal of what comes next is, hopefully he's there. Yeah. So, um, okay. <laughs> so, more exciting news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a few movies to talk about uh, real quick. Unfortunately, one of the ones we're going to talk about this week, I'm, I'm the only one who's going to talk about it. I feel bad about this because you're the person who requested the screener. Uh, I'm the one who <laughs> ended up getting the the screener. And then due to uh, kind of technical mishaps and whatnot, you weren't you weren't able to, to watch it. Um, uh, and that is uh, smoking causes coughing. So I, I'm just curious. I've I've never heard I'd never heard of this movie. It's written and um, directed by Quentin Depew. Uh, so, how did you kind of know about this movie? In order it, to to be interested in it, you know, to kind of request a, a screener. Yeah, it, it's one of those random weird things that showed up for me on on Twitter or or somewhere where I just kind of saw a, uh, either a teaser or mm-hmm. you know some kind of short trailer or something. And I was like, that looks fucking insane. It reminded me of like psycho Gorman or, you know, an Astron six kind of a thing. And I love yeah. those movies. So, you know, I just kind of, just kind of saw the trailer or whatever. And I was like, Oh, look at that. I'm putting that on the list. And then, uh, and then I got the email, uh, about getting the screener. And I was like, Holy shit, look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. So I requested it. Uh, I requested one for you. Uh, you got one. I did not. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I emailed back because uh, I, I had requested like three uh, yeah. a, a day or two and had gotten none of them. I, yeah. I got you know confirmation that they were going to put in the request for us, and then I got I had heard nothing. So when yeah. you said you were watching, I was like, wait, I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so when I emailed and asked, I said, hey, uh, thanks for sending one over to Brandon, but uh, I didn't get one. So if I could get one, and they literally sent it to me on. Like on Thursday night, and uh, I was going to watch it when I got home from work on Friday, and the link expired at one forty-five Friday afternoon. Yeah. I was like, you didn't give me twenty-four hours, dude. Like, what the yeah, fuck? yeah. So, so I didn't get to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it is uh, it is a wild ride. I will I will tell you that. So it kind of, <laughs> you know, when you kind of look at the poster, you think, oh, well, this is going to be like um, um, a. Uh, Team USA or whatever, mm. you know, Team America, World Police, uh, and and it, it kind of looks when it starts off like it's almost like it's this a movie that's like making fun of um, the uh, Power Rangers. So it's it's about this mm. team of, of superheroes 
called the the tobacco forces um and um each one of them is named after a different chemical in in cigarettes so there's benzene methanol nicotine mercury <laughs> um ammoniac um they they're all led by a a rat he looks like a rat um mm-hmm. Uh, name who is a is a, a puppet named Chief uh, Chef Didier, um, and you know they're they're a they're a crime fighting force. They they fight monsters that are basically people in giant rubber suits, and then they they surround them and and all shoot their chemicals at them, and then the animals explode because they get I guess cancer right away. Well, they're all like kind of fighting, and and the the the, the chief kind of feels like as a team. Uh, they don't have the right level of team cohesion. So he sends them on a retreat. And from there, it turns into they all start telling stories. And then the movie is is less of a movie about this superhero team. And it is more like an anthology. Hmm. Uh, so, like, there's a story of this woman and her husband and this other couple that are on vacation and she finds this welding helmet that looks like this giant. It almost looks like this absurd, uh, like a like a supervillain, like a bullet, you know, with a welding mask, like that mm-hmm. black, you know, uh, opaque glass that, you know, protects your eyes from from the sparks. She takes, she puts it on, and then she can't get it off, and they're trying to take it off of her, and that goes poorly. There's another story of this woman who runs a uh, like a lumber mill and her her nephew works for her and he gets caught in like this giant wood chipper and and <laughs> as she's trying like nobody wants to help her cuz they don't want to be responsible and so she keeps trying to get him out but it keeps sucking him further into it but he's mm. like I'm fine it's great everything's fine uh and it's just these really <laughs> like at one point like they catch a fish and a barracuda and it's this obviously fake plastic barracuda throw it on a grill in the trailer and then the barracuda starts telling a story like it's it's this very and it's super hyper violent and it's all practical effects like when they when the monster explodes and it sprays on everybody they had buckets of stuff they were just throwing on people um and it's this very absurd um you know, collection of stories that, you know, I, I'm not sure kind of what the through line was, if I'm being completely honest. I don't yeah. really know if there was kind of supposed to be a through line. Um, I think it's it's more um, just how kind of like silly people can be, particularly in social situations, like how the just kind of the rules around society sometimes are so dumb and arbitrary like you know uh like like the guy in the the wood chipper you know at one point he gets sucked down to where you could just see his torso everything else is gore it's just his torso and his head and his aunt is like freaking out because she's like what am i supposed to tell your mother Right, like, which is not what you, you know and he's he's like look i i don't want you to get mad at me but I really am fine. Like, and you're kind of like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, it was very, it was very well done. It was very campy, very silly, um, but not like, uh, 
I mean, I know everything I just said makes it sound ridiculous, but nothing felt so over the top as to be out of place. It all oddly fit. And I think that's probably one of the biggest compliments I can give to the movie, because a lot of times when you have something that's being absurd and, and satiric, there's always this this um, feeling of having to push it really super far to make a point to the point where it's something it, it then becomes like like almost a parody of itself and things start to feel kind of out of place and whatnot. I mean, even the fish on the grill who's like, hey, I have a story. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, they're they're led by a rat. And I mean, he caught a barracuda in a pond. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't think barracudas live in ponds, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It all, all of it fit together in the universe of this movie. Even the ending, which I won't spoil, was hilarious. And like, to me, kind of a send up of, you know, could have any type of superhero or science fiction movie where... They're like, we have this last big gamble, you know, this, this, but if it goes wrong, it's going to destroy the entire universe. You know what I mean? Like, but we have to try. What choice do we have? (laughs) You know, and then how that ends up playing out was, I thought was hilarious. Um, You know, and then in like full French glory, they had like a robot that helps them out and then immediately pitches itself off the dock. And they're like, this robot just drove off the dock and and the 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 chief is like oh yeah he was programmed for suicide once he was finished his mission <laughs> it's just like okay sure like um yeah so you know i'm kind of i'm i'm upset you weren't you didn't have a chance to watch it because i think you really would have dug it i think once yeah. uh it, it comes out at the end of this um this month um you know once it's it's available for you to watch, I'm excited for you uh, for you to watch it because I think you'll I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I was really looking forward to it, and I was pretty bummed that I didn't get to watch. But but you know, I'll, I'll get the Blu-ray and we'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it's you know, kind of made me interested to um, kind of check out his other his other films because mm-hmm. um, I you know I haven't seen all of them. Um, I mean, I've seen Rubber, but right, um, right. you know, there's a lot of them that I haven't seen. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm interested in, in checking them out. Love so. Rubber. Yeah. Rubber's so ridiculous. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's the thing. If you watch Rubber and you're like, oh, it's a tire that kills people. And then you, yeah. you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. I think that kind of puts you in the right frame of mind for, you know, yeah. kind of what his, you know, the type of, of movies and sense of humor and whatever Um you know that that he has um so yeah so i'm really excited for you to watch it i think i think you'll have a really good time with it nice. um, okay so the next two movies we're going to talk about these are movies um i had not heard about uh i saw that they were on shutter um and i just kind of was like whatever uh, didn't really give them much thought until you had texted me and was like, "Oh, finally they're on Shutter," and I was, and that that's when I kind of was like, "Oh, is this something that I'm actually supposed to be, you know, interested in?" Right. Um, and that is uh, the witch, and not not the Robert Eggers 
which the the vivage um <laughs> right these are uh there's two uh south korean action films um one is the witch part one the subversion and then the second one is the witch part two the other one mm-hmm. um and it's kind of interesting having watched these right on almost like a day after I think I had maybe a day in between of watching Project Wolf Hunting uh, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of similar themes um, in these movies in terms of, you know, some of the violence, but also, you know, this idea of um, kind of experimentation on, you know, South Korean, uh, you know, c- citizens, in this case, kids to kind of develop, um, you know, these these perfect, um, you know, soldiers killing machines, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. So. They were, they're both um, written and directed by uh, Park Hoon Jung. Um, and the um, part one, the subversion, focuses on um, Koo Ja Yoon, played by uh, Kim Da Mi. She's a, she's a teenager. Um, she kind of lives with her adopted parents um, on this farm. And what we piece together. Um, from flashbacks from her is that there was a governmental facility where very young children and I didn't quite get like they were doing different sorts of experimentation they were taking like serial killers and different DNA from different people with violent tendencies and Mm -hmm. trying to you know mix the DNA together to uh, as well as you know doing like physical augmentation and things like that to try to basically make these kind of groups of uh, of super soldiers um all under the the uh the direction of Dr. Bake uh, played by Minsu Jo um so so Kujayun she she basically is hanging out with her family she's she when she was a young child she you get the impression she broke out of this facility uh yeah. killed a whole bunch of people along the way left some of her other uh schoolmates for lack of a better word there uh, was rescued by this this farmer and his wife, and they they raised her, um, and she was essentially hidden from um, these. Uh, the, they're called witches. Um, the this kind of like who these kids end up growing up to be, mm-hmm. um, until she decides, at the behest of her friend, to go on this talent competition and and show off her telekinetic levitating powers um which then kind of keys the 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 government forces in that she's where she is and then all hell breaks loose from there Mm -hmm. um it takes a minute to get going but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel slow it feels like kind of a right amount of time to build up to what comes, you know, afterwards it takes about an hour to really get to where yeah. the shit hits the fan. But um, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't feel like I was wasting my time in that hour. Oh, no, not at all. Um, you know, I felt the, like- the thing that they, they both do really well, they're both over two hours long. But mm-hmm. but the thing that they both do really well in in using those run times is the world building. Um, yeah. Even even with the sequel where, you know, the rules have already been established and, you know, we're dealing with new characters and things like that. But it, it makes really good use of the time, you know, yeah. that they have even even at two hours and change. So, yeah. Um, and the thing about the, once 
part one, you know, part one has an advantage over part two in that we don't know what's coming. Right. Um, you know, part one is the first time you ride a roller coaster where right. you're, you're, you're just going up the hill and you know, you might've seen, you, know, you have an idea of what you think's coming and then you crest that hill and th- this movie has some of the best action sequences I've seen in a movie period. Yep. The way that they um, display what it would be like for someone who's incredibly fast, incredibly strong, heals incredibly quickly. It's basically almost impossible to kill what that would look like, not just fighting kind of normal people, but fighting others like her mm-hmm. is like nothing I've ever seen with all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies where you've got, you know, CGI punch fests and, and essentially gods fighting gods. They can't, I mean, some of the, like the seek, like I keep kind of go back to the winter soldier in terms of some of the fight scenes, but even them, they don't, they can't hold a candle to the visceral. Yeah. You know, violent, just gritty bone crunching feeling you get from watching this teenage girl right. just tear the living shit out of these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially fighting with, um, you know, her one, uh, uh, you know, the, the boy that kind of got left behind and then grows up and becomes yeah. someone who's hunting her. Right. You know, their, their fight scenes and the way they, hated that guy. yeah, but the way, <laughs> you know, this movie, that the, they understood so they understood who who Kuja Yun was, what her powers were, mm-hmm. and then they worked off of it. Yeah. And and they, they, they tried to come up with as many possible applications. What would it look like if you are fighting someone who can move super fast or can be super strong or can get shot and it's not going to bother them? You know, you have someone who's literally using the back of their hand to to stop a bullet, right? Because it doesn't doesn't hurt them. They're going to – you know what I mean? And it was just absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, and and, And even though obviously that stuff is CGI, it felt so grounded. Yeah. Um, and and real, uh, that I mean, I was just like absolutely blown away by it. Yep, yep, yeah. Same. It's one of those things where I, I remember when the first one came out, and and me not being able to find it to watch, uh, and I was super excited to watch it. I don't even remember how like it came onto my radar, but I just remember people talking about it, and you know, we 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 live in in a in a time where international films are more accessible than they've ever been. Yeah. But still there, every once in a while, there's just one that for whatever reason, you know, doesn't get picked up for distribution or, you know, whatever the case. Uh, And you kind of have to work to see it. And and I just, I didn't never got to see it. And uh, when shutter, when shutter put it and the sequel up, I was like, fuck yeah, like, let's go. I had almost forgotten about it to be honest. Um, And then I saw it and I was like, holy shit. I remember that. Uh, And man, it was so worth it. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that Shutter got these and put them out. Like, thank God for Shutter. Well, you know what's funny is, and I agree with you 100. percent But what's funny is, and I texted you this when I started watching it. Like, Warner Brothers made the first one. 
Yeah. So I, that blew my mind so that I couldn't find it. <laughs> you would think it exactly, it would be everywhere. Yeah. But the other thing, and I'm wondering if there was some deal with distribution or something that changed because I I watched it on Shutter and then I saw it on Amazon Prime. I think I saw it on Hulu. Like oh, basically wow. the the, okay. the floodgates just burst open and they were like, let's fucking put this thing everywhere. And it deserves to be seen. Absolutely. Because it's legit one of the best action movies of the past ten years. Yeah. I mean, like like no, that's not hyperbole. That's just fact. Yes. Like it deserves to be at the top of, you know, if if you are a fan of action movies, you're a fan of movies that go hard, don't shy it's away. Like, from- yeah, it's like a it's like a David Gordon Green made a new mutants movie. <laughs> like yeah. like it's like upgrade meets the new mutants or yeah. what the new mutants should have been. <laughs> like- yeah, exactly. And I mean and it's so good. Um you know, and then we have the second one, and the second one is the second time you ride the roller coaster, mm-hmm. where you kind of know, you know, you 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 think you you know you know what's coming, but um, maybe there are some things the first ride that you were a little too scared of to kind of like keep track. So there's still some new thrills to be found, but you know, at the same time, you know, you're you're spending that build up kind of waiting for oh what's gonna happen i know what's gonna happen right um so the second one uh it's called called the uh the other one because it features another girl and in fact they just call her girl um from the same facility that that kujayun was raised in who was um kind of left behind uh when kujayun broke out um and she kind of breaks out of the laboratory and leaves and um, basically falls in with this woman named Kyung Hee, um, who uh, is a young woman who has like a farm. And she is basically been fighting off. There's this gang that has been trying to take her land for the longest time and she keeps kind of fighting back, but then gets this girl kind of comes and stays with her and, um, uh, you know, helps her f- fight the gang. But at the same time, because she also, um, kind of starts using her powers, um, you know, the same. Now we have two different groups. So, so it's essentially like there's, there's the witches that are coming after her, uh, same way that they were coming after um, Kuja Yoon in the first one. There's the gang that is, uh, you know, coming after um, the the woman's farm. But then there's also like a third group that I think is like trying to kind of basically clean everything up. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you you have a number of different groups. Um, kind of all coming together. Um, and while I liked this one, I, I still think the first one w- was better. Um, you know, the the nice thing, the, the cool thing about this movie is playing on the audience's expectations of knowing, like we know that, that the, the girl has powers. We, we don't know the right. extent of them. And right. then, you know, as it's kind of building up, they have some really cute, funny moments 
Like she, yeah. she she's hanging out on the, on the roof um, with this young boy that she's kind of friends with, and he and he had shown her like the video of 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 um, of Yoon in the first movie doing the little levitation thing with the microphone. He's like, see, you could do something like this, and 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 he's looking at her and behind him, like everything on the farm, has, yes. like they're on the roof of the barn, <laughs> like everything in the farm is lifted up. There's like a cat and like a rabbit just like rotating in air. There's like. You know the tractor, and 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 he looks that it all kind of falls back down. Like and so, yeah. They they play with the audience's expectations of knowing shit's gonna go down, but but still kind of like making you you know spend you know the right amount of time with these characters to build a connection with them before they then let everything break loose. Um, yeah. Kind of way more, I feel like, more CGI dependent than the first one. Because, yeah, big time, yeah. you know, they, they focused a lot more on kind of like a telekinetic aspect uh, of her powers, less of than like a really strong physical presence and, yeah. you know, just kind of like speed and strength and, um, you know, durability. But, but still um, really well done. Um, yeah, I, I had a really good time. I watched it. I actually watched it this morning, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I, you know, I, I've been dealing with insomnia again, and and uh, I just haven't felt like doing shit. You know, I've yeah. just kind of been existing for like six weeks, and uh, it was just, it was just, I really enjoyed it. Like, I had a really good time watching it this morning. Like for the first time in a while, I was just like, man, I am just absolutely enjoying this. Like, yeah. I was just, you know, it, it's, it's funnier than the first one you know it does a lot of things uh like you said right playing with expectations you know the shit's going to pop off but when it it takes its time you know and and when it does pop off jesus christ it pops off but yeah uh but you know just and some of the violence is is i think almost not quite as visceral but more like fantastical in this one it's more superhero-y than the first one yeah um but still, man, just a ton of fucking fun, and I, I absolutely loved the knife fight on the uh, the top of the billboard. Uh, that, that was fucking awesome. Oh yeah, there yeah. were so many like set pieces in this one. I just thought, holy shit, this is fun. Yeah, I mean, what you you kind of get with this one is, um, you know, the, the the like the different assassins and in, in uh, what's it, the night comes for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that feeling of the the the, the group of of witches that are coming after her, they've, they've all got different kind of specialties. And so, um, you know, they kind of get a chance to shine, like you said, the, you know, the knife fight and then, um, you know, the different groups kind of battling it out. And, um, so it's yeah, not the, ju- the bumbling American guy was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not expect him to be a badass, but when he did, I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like I didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, so so it definitely kind of expand. I think they kind of have to, right? If they're just yeah. like, oh, you know, the second movie is also about a little girl who escapes the same facility and right. also gets taken in by someone who doesn't know what she's got going on. Oh, and then also a group comes and uh, yeah. she's also got powers. Like I mean, right? right. <laughs> you know, as much as I think people kind of knock it for being similar, but also like bringing in different characters and expanding things, it's like, well, you, you kind of have to, right? Like. Yeah. If if John and I know you you're not a fan of the John Wick movies per se. I like the second one. Right, but if John Wick two <laughs> was 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 he well now he bought a kitten and right. someone killed his kitten and he just goes and kills everybody, you'd be like, what the fuck? We already saw this. Like you, <laughs> right. To some degree, like you have to expand. 
and 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 the expansion might not work for you, but to to knock a film for expanding on the idea of the first one, like I don't personally understand that, but right. you know, um, I, I'm curious as to whether there will be a third one, and definitely are setting it up to be a third one. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the, so. the way that that um, the girl and 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 Kuja Yoon kind of come together at the end. You yeah, know, you you kind of get a feeling that um, there is going to be another one. Um, right now, I don't you know kind of see anything upcoming that would lead me to believe that. But um, right. you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll we'll get a third one. Um, and and yeah, but just really solid. Really solid action movie films, and I mean, I've been getting into, you know, I've, been, I've watched a lot of really good. I think I've talked about it already. Watched a lot of really good South Korean um, mm-hmm. films of late. Um, my my next one is, um, it's uh, the the Roundup, which is the sequel mm. to um, the Outlaws. Um, gotcha. So. Uh, Definitely gonna. gonna there's watch a. That. I don't know if it's. I, I, I don't think it would be Korean, but there's also a new uh, samurai thing that just hit that I'm really excited about. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I was gonna send that to you too. Yeah. Uh, somehow it popped up again. I think it was Twitter the other day, and I was like, "Wait, what is this?" And I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is absolutely our bag." Yeah. Yeah. Definitely send that to me because absolutely, um, I'll absolutely get down on that. Um. Yeah, so both of those films are available on Shutter, like we said. Uh, as I mentioned, also, I know the first one is an, is available on a number of different streaming services. I'm not so sure about the second one, but I definitely saw the first one in a bunch of places. Gotcha. Um, okay, and then the last film that we're going to talk about, um, the most straightforward movie M. Night Shyamalan has ever made in yeah. his life. Um <laughs> Take that however you want to, uh, and that is um, Knock at the Cabin. So Knock at the Cabin is based on the book uh, The Cabin at the End of the World um, So by Paul Tremblay, so he gets a, yeah. a writer credit. But um, directed by M. Not Shyamalan, um, writ screenplay by him as well. And yeah, he Jackson. changed the ending. That's the only thing from the book that he changed. I, I had listened yes. to a podcast with Paul uh, before I saw the movie, and he was like, and they were asking him, like, well, did he change? And he's like, well, yeah, he changed the ending. And he was like, have you seen it? Do you know? How do you feel about that? And he's like, well, you know, obviously I, I wrote it, so it's hard to detach myself from it, but yeah. he, I liked how I ended it. <laughs> like, yeah. Not so much how the movie did it. So, yeah. Um, so Jonathan Groff, uh, Ben Aldridge, Dave Bautista, um, Abby Rupert Grint, Abby Quinn, Nikki Amuka Bird. Um, so basically, Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge play a couple, Eric and Andrew, who are staying at a cabin with their daughter, Wen, played by Kristen Kui. Uh, and they're visited by these four people. Uh, Dave Bautista's Leonard, Rupert Grint's Redmond, Abby Quinn's Adrian, and Nikki Amuka Bird's Sabrina. And they basically say... Sorry to have to do this, but uh, by tomorrow morning, you three have to decide which among you is going to die, and whomever you pick, you have to kill them. Because if you don't, the entire world will end. Uh, Well, not so much the world, but everyone on it with the exception of you three who will basically wander a devastated 
dead planet uh, for the rest of your lives. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> okay, dudes, whatever. <laughs> uh, and it kind of goes from there. And they are uh, Eric and Andrew, Daddy Eric and Daddy Andrew, as 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 Wen calls them, uh, are given um, uh, examples, I guess, uh, demonstrations mm-hmm. um, that these four people who came together because they had similar visions, went on some message boards, found each other, realized they were all kind of feeling the same vibe, which, you know, would understandably so leave Eric and Andrew to think, okay, well, these people are having a hard time dealing with life uh, and found similarly (laughs) estranged from life people who all gravitated towards each other over a common delusion. And this is the result of that. Well, they're kind of given a demonstration, several, in fact, that maybe that's not what's happening. Maybe what these four people um, are saying is actually going to happen. Um, And then it kind of goes from there. Um, You know, if, 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 if you want to say there's a twist in this movie, you know, the twist would be that, you know, it's not a definitive ending um, in terms of how it ends. Um, the, the ending of the book is different, also not definitive, but, um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good movie. I thought the, the very strong performances, I thought Dave Bautista was fantastic. They're all really good. Like I've I been did watching, too, and I don't typically like him. So yeah. for this one, for me to be like, "Hey, he wasn't that bad in this." Actually, I, I I thought he did really well. You know, his performance was made was way more in line with like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I think the guy's a genuinely good actor. I think just mm-hmm. the fact that we saw him as Drax and then Drax kept becoming more of a joke. Yes, as the movies have gone on. Yes. Um. Which you know, I fucking hate. Right, exactly. Like when you kind of see, I mean, I've I've said many times before, if I never watch Guardians of the Galaxy two again, I'll be perfectly happy. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, the degree to which they made Drax like just a a, a like a mean mm-hmm. joke, mm-hmm. Uh, not mean mean uh, against Drax, but also Drax being mean to others. Like I'm not yeah. a fan of. Right. But you know, when you watch him in like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You know, very for such a huge guy, a very quiet, understated performance, and then this movie, same thing. You know, he's this giant, hulking guy, but you feel like he's just—he would. I mean, he—he's a he says he's like a science teacher. He coaches, yeah. You know, and that's what you get. You get the feeling that this guy is just—he's huge, covered in tattoos, but he would never hurt a fly. And right. you need that because if he just comes across as this menacing weirdo the tension of the movie as to whether these people are actually telling the truth just wouldn't work. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, and I, I thought it was good. I think calling it a horror movie is like a stra- is not even, oh, I, yeah. it's not at all at all. Uh, if you want to call it a thriller, sure. But, you know, aside from just the general conceptual terror, right. But I mean, come on, that would make every movie. Life is terrifying. That would be sure. every movie, a horror movie. Well, that's like everything Shyamalan has done is kind of toes that line, right? It's like, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call any of them like pure, maybe, which I don't think he directed devil, but 
the one about the two kids staying at their grandparents' house. I, I think yeah. you could probably call that. That's like a PG-13. Like, if you want to call Megan a horror movie, I feel like that you could call that a horror movie. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I still think, for the most part, his his catalog kind of just toes the line. The thriller where line, like, yeah. yeah. it's like, you know. Yeah. None of it's like happy, friendly, you know, like mm-hmm. family type of stuff. But it's also not necessarily pure horror, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it was really well done. I thought it was an interesting film in terms of like, you know, if you kind of think to yourself, oh, OK, um, you know, what would you do in that situation? Yeah. Um, but what I kept going back to. Um, and, and I don't like to when I watch a movie, I will say too, like Rupert Grit, the one that I was a little disappointed. This like I watch I've been watching Servant on Apple TV Plus. Uh, which was also written and directed by uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. And Rupert Grint is in that movie. Uh, I'm sorry, in that show. Um, And I was really disappointed that his character in this movie was basically his character in that show, like in terms of his performance. So I I, I like him as an actor. I think he's really good. And I think he's, you know, as, as, as all the Harry Potter kids have kind of, grown and matured and kind of thrown off the yoke of Harry Potter. You know, he, he's been really interesting to watch and I think he's a really solid performer. Um, I just wish he kind of was doing more or was given, I don't know what direction he was given, but I really feel like they were like, Oh, you know how you're Julian do that. Um, right. and, and I was just kind of disappointed in that, but I'm probably one of the only people who actually watch servant. Right. You know, <laughs> kind of had that feeling but the whole time i'm watching this movie all i could think about was take shelter Mm. take shelter is one of the my favorite movies it is an absolutely terrifying film uh because it's written and directed by by jeff nichols with an absolute standout performance by um michael shannon Mm-hmm. Uh, as this guy who is absolutely convinced that the world is going to end. like, And it's all kind of told from his point of view. And he he builds a shelter. He builds a bomb shelter. Jessica Chastain is in it. Um, Shea Wiggum is in it. Um, so he's, he's absolutely 100% convinced, excuse me, that the world is going to end. And the only way he can save his family is to build this bomb shelter and make his family live in it. And you're experiencing this movie from his perspective of being both horrified that this thing is going to happen, also not knowing whether he's actually sane. So having that question and then the have, seeing the way that the people react around him. Um, and it is, it's a slow film. It's, I thought it was, it's one, like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. And to me, it it was fucking terrifying because you don't, you genuinely don't know, is this guy completely lost it? Um, And then the ending is just like, oh, (laughs) 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 oh. So I, when I'm watching Knock at the Cabin, all I could think about was Take Shelter. Um, I haven't seen that one. It's so – oh, my God. So he did Midnight Special. Did you ever watch Midnight Special? I don't think so. Okay, so Midnight Special was this movie. So Jeff Nichols did uh, – he did Midnight Special, which is about um, uh, this young kid with um, 
with special powers um, being um, raised by uh, he kind of gets um, like it's you know father and son go on the run like Mar- Michael Shannon plays the dad um, Joel Edgerton's in it Kristen Dunst is in it Adam Driver's in it you know and this little kid's got powers um, so he kind of takes his his kid on the run he also made the movie mud with matthew mcconaughey which okay, i absolutely yeah. love yeah i've seen that um that movie but take shelter is fucking fantastic mm. um you know that idea of someone who's so certain that these things they're seeing are going to come true while everybody else around them is just like you are nuts um and how that must feel to know like I I know I'm the only one who feels this, but I believe it in my bones, and I need to move forward with this plan, even though everybody around you is just like, you're crazy. And then to also have that doubt, like, am I endangering my family? Like, there's a lot of that in Knock at the Cabin. And not to say that a Knock in the Cabin is a bad film by any stretch, but Take Shelter, to me, was so much more impactful and so much scarier um, that, that that's kind of the movie that, in my mind, I kind of kept going back to. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but definitely check it out. Check yeah, both of the them. list. Yep. <laughs> check both of them out. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Um. You know, it's all. It's it's interesting. You know, I think that a lot of times, sometimes when we watch films, we always have like a touchstone that we might go back to. That it's like, oh, this is good, but it's no, blah. And I think it's just interesting. Mm. You know, as you as you watch when you watch a lot of movies and you kind of amass this you know, internal compass points. Oh yeah, for <laughs> of sure. Films, right. Yeah. Where you're like, Oh yeah. You know, like Megan, it's like, yeah, Megan's great, but it's no, you know, whatever Chucky, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. I, I think a lot of that is generational too. Right. Where you, yeah. you know, you, you, you be like, yeah, Megan's hilarious, but you know, we did this however many years ago with Chucky, which is a fucking fantastic film. You know what I mean? Like, and right. it wasn't PG 13. Uh, and, and you recognize that, and I'm not like slamming Megan. That was just kind of the thing that came to mind, but it's like, it's yeah. kind of interesting, you know, as you kind of amass this vocabulary of film that you can kind of, and sometimes it's good. And sometimes you watch something and that becomes now your touchstone for a particular feeling or a particular movie. Right. Um, well, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, the Revenant, right? Or what, what is the name of the thing with uh, uh, DiCaprio gets mauled by the bear? Yeah, The Revenant. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was a remake. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no clue. Oh, I'm yeah, watching yeah. it, and and I and I saw it. And I was like, man, that was fucking good. I bet my dad would like that. And so, I was the next time I, I was talking to my dad, I was telling him about it. And he's like, oh, you mean whatever? And I'm like, I'm like, no, this is a new movie. And he's like. No, that movie already exists, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> sure enough, like <laughs> he was right. It's a remake of some other old movie that I had never heard of. So <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> well, do you still want to see it? I know. Like, <laughs> never mind. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, the man in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> like I, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I still think you know, knock the cabins worth checking out. But like you know, as we've said, if you if you're going into this expecting 
you know, the typical twist, just don't because there is no one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I think is good because so often, you know, you go into these movies expecting there to be a twist and, and you can't yeah, enjoy I mean, it. In or a way, it, it almost makes this his most uh, uh, surprising movie. Right. Because you're waiting the whole time for, yeah. for the twist. And it's like, oh, the twist is that there isn't a twist. Right. But I, yeah. And so this is our public service announcement. Like, don't be waiting for one. Just enjoy the movie yeah. for what it is. It is exactly like, whatever's happening on screen in the moment. That's what's happening on screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just at the end, you can decide, you know, like what you know it is left ambiguous as to whether you know how how things are going to proceed beyond the moment we're seeing at the end so um you know which is not different from the book it's just how the end, how you how they get to the end is different in the movie than it is in the book uh, in terms of like what effect that has moving forward is left ambiguous so hopefully that's right. not a spoiler um, so yeah, so that's, that's a, a bunch of good movies, uh, for y'all to check out. Um, you know, on the gaming side, still just really get playing the shit out of Lightfall. There's just so much, I feel like there's way more to do from a week to week basis yes. in this expansion than there is, there was in, um, Witch Queen. Yeah. Um, you know, just the fact that I have two, two exotic quests ongoing, um, I, I, I started a third one today and then was like, yeah, I can't do this by myself or I don't want to do this by myself. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty, plenty to do. I'm, I'm the furthest along in, in the season ranks two weeks into it than I think I've ever been in any season that includes Witch Queen. Yeah. I'm almost halfway. I'm like 45, 46. Yep. Um, because there's there's so much to do. I will say that, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, when you had to find the callous bobbleheads before, which was basically like, oh, just, you know, redo these missions and, you know, just go down this other yeah, fucking just pick, just catwalk pick and pick up. it up. What you have to do for the action figures. Yeah. While, while some of them are really annoying, the dishwashing one in particular. <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> have you done that one yet? No. I see. I saw a video. I've only. I've. I've gotten three of them. Yeah. Uh, well, it starts off pretty straightforward. It's like, oh, go here. Okay, fine. So you pick that one up. Then it's like, okay, go here and go at the end of these guns. Shoot a little darkness thing, and then it shows up. Okay, cool. Oh, now you're gonna go to this juice bar. You're gonna yeah. behind this bar, and they're gonna, <laughs> they, uh, Shadow Legion are gonna keep trying to get into the bar. And it reminded me of, um, oh, root beer tapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the arcade yeah. game we have to fling yeah. the root beer down the <laughs> right. so you're just, right. except you're flinging bullets right? right so you have to kill everybody so you get to the bar then there's another one um where similar type of thing uh, uh you go there's this there's this uh what looks like the like the, the like a desk at like a you know office building or a hotel or something and a registration desk and and uh, there's a bunch of vex, vex trying to get into the building. I was very lucky; I had somebody in the room with me who was helping me out. Uh, well, so there's that one, and then there's the dishwashing one. The dishwashing one is 
Uh, you'll find this on your way to the Shadow Legion barracks. You'll find an abandoned restaurant. And if you go in the back of the restaurant, uh, there's a sink. And you'll get a little prompt to activate the quest. And when you do that, these glowing orbs will appear. And those are the dishes. And you have to pick up the orb and then you have to bring it to the sink and deposit it in the sink while the fucking invulnerable double meat cleaver, uh, you know, guys, uh, cabal guys, similar to the guy that would chase you around the ship in Season of the Haunting, um, are trying to murder you. Uh, and you know, you're just like, especially if you have strand, like grappling your way around, trying to deposit these fucking dishes. Um, <laughs> so, so that's all I think that's been released so far. Um, yeah, I think there's nine in total. Looks like three a week. So be interesting to see kind of this week, what the, um, the next three are, but you know, I think that as, as annoying as I kind of find it, I think that's a better, is a little bit more engaging, creative way than just like, oh, just redo this mission again. Yeah. You know, just to get this thing, um, you know, uh, you know, because like one of them, oh, and then one of them was lighting all the, the, the braziers. Uh, oh, yeah, so, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So like I did that when, when I first, I went back there for something. I don't remember what. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Let me light this one let me like this one and i guess i just didn't like the third one or i did and i didn't notice that it said a secret has been revealed and the action figure was there because i lit all three of them i just didn't know what it was for but that's the thing about this game just like you know oh here's this fucking random uh scion holding an antenna and now you can run around and call down orbital strikes like yeah what is that about like it doesn't it doesn't tell you shit like yeah it's just like oh by the way you're holding on to this stick and now these fucking bombs are dropping on you but if you jump around enemies they'll also get killed what the fuck is that like there's so many little (laughs) things like that you're just kind of used to it in destiny where you'll just like pick up a thing and they're like it smells vaguely of mint and you're like all right whatever like at some point some youtube video will tell me what to do i'll wait for the youtube video to tell what the fuck i'm supposed to do yeah right um you know so it's kind of cool to kind of have all that stuff um but then you know, I, I, I'm still really enjoying Strand. I don't really want to come off of it. I know. I love Strand. Um, you know, I, I've thought about, oh, I should do like a suspend build. But I'm like, oh, man, just grapple threadlings. Yes. You know, the, the grapple melee, make some orbs, get some mail. I, the fact that like I'm using Traveler's Chosen, a sidearm, to be honest, I didn't even know I had it. And then yeah. I had the, and then I realized that I had the catalyst for it, and I was like, "Really? Like, okay, like, <laughs> you know." Um, and that thing is great because as you kill, you get traveler's light, and it makes that gun super fast to shoot, super fast to reload, and then you can consume all the charges and get back all of your ability energy, all mm. of it. So you could be nice. completely out of everything just long x consume it all and you're completely topped off and it and it's just it fills up so quick again it really and now that sidearms you know uh, do barrier damage it's great yeah. to have that the kinetic boost that you get i love the way they redone the surge and the you know and, and oh your kinetic weapons get a boost if you have a subclass matching the surge like yes you know 
not not necessarily a particular type, but like, okay, fine. There are so many great travelers chosen is a kinetic. Uh Wither Horde is a kinetic. Um there's so many great exotic kinetics that now get a boost just by that no might not necessarily be tied to a certain build. Um I feel like that you know that's such a smart move. Um yeah. you know and and some of the new guns they have are really cool. Like I picked up a strand powered machine gun that has one of the perks on it is hatchling. A uh, a final blow with it creates a threadling at the dead enemy's feet. Yep. I mean that's fucking great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know I don't know if I want to want one like full strand because there's a lot of void shields you come across. Particularly when one of your enemy types in Neo Moon is Vex, so to have a void heavy machine gun, which I've I've run between Shattered Cipher and um, uh, the one that you turned me on to from last season, um, uh, having a void heavy machine gun is a really nice thing to have. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm like, ooh, that seems pretty cool too. So, um, you know, it, it it's it. It, it's kind of fun to to have so much still to do. Um, I feel like with Witch Queen, it was almost like, you know, a week or so after. It was like, all right, well, now it's just kind of seasonal stuff. And the seasonal stuff was um, way less involved because they had spent so much time on the yeah. expansion. Um, and same thing here. But I feel like I still have so much more to do. Uh, this and I, you know, and I know that like I wasn't playing as much last week because I had family in town, but it just feel, genuinely feels like there's there's more to do. Yeah, I would agree. Yep, it's also overwhelming as always when there's a an expansion and a season. You know, it always drops in the same time. But but even even this one, uh, you know, even having finished the campaign, I'm still like Jesus Christ, I, I'm so behind. You know, like yeah, you know. yeah, but but. You know, I I like the I I feel like I like this seasonal activity way more than I yeah, like um, the last season's activities. Yeah. Um, you know, even underpowered, it it doesn't feel like as much of a slog as um, the last season's activities did when when you first started doing. I felt like I was just dying constantly. Yeah. Um, and and not so much here. So, um, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see where by the end of this season, you know, cause I mean, this season seems pretty straightforward. It's like, oh, I just like rescue yeah. these people. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like narratively if, if it kind of goes just beyond those efforts and, and pushes us forward to, 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 um, you know, getting us to, to the final shape or if it's just kind of content to let the season or sorry, the expansion be the main narrative focus this season, which I'm totally fine with. And then, mm-hmm. you know, have it pick up more um, yeah. in the next season. I mean, I do like them giving like Devrim and Amanda, like non guardians, a bit of a chant, like these, these folks that have only kind of like you go to them and you're just like, give me a sparrow or give me my prime stuff. And then you go to That's him right. and you're just like, I don't need to talk to you anymore. Like <laughs> I'm not getting anything from you. Right. You know, you know, kind of giving him out of that tower, man. Jesus Christ. Dude's been up there for (laughs) six years. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, so it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't really feel like the raid really, you know, I mean, obviously having Nezarak there is cool and all, and now he's not like whispering to you in the Luna, but, um, 
I think from it was there, a letdown for me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I still feel even after the raid, I still feel like from a narrative perspective, this season or sorry, this expansion can't hold up to Witch Queen. No, but from a mechanical quality of life, amount of stuff to do, you know, weapon balance, rejiggering pretty much everything. I feel like it's it's just as good. You know, as as Witch Queen was that, yeah. you know, and and knowing that there's still, you know, there's still a push a years like the seasonal storytelling, they've been knocking it out of the park last year. Um, they really were on a roll. Hopefully, they can continue on that roll. And then, you know, as they're working on Final Shape, if 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 what folks are saying, the data miners and whatnot are saying that like things were kind of moved around and repurposed and things kind of were supposed to happen earlier and then got moved around and, and this uh, expansions story was a casualty of that, that they have everything in place as they need to, to be able to come to where they want this story to be uh, heading in, you know, into next year's expansion and then whatever we're kind of getting beyond that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's still the thing I play the most. I mean, I've had Metroid Prime remaster, which is fantastic, and I've just been like, yeah, I, I could do that, but right, yeah, I know, <laughs> like, no me, like, yeah, there's <laughs> this thing over here, so yeah, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So for next next show, uh, you know, I I feel like I have a bunch of stuff to oh to watch, but. I can't tell you what it is, to be honest. I hope some of these screeners start coming in. Like, I had to send some emails back out because the the two other things that I requested, I was excited for both of. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah. I actually get the screeners for those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the new guy, Richie, to watch. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Um, but uh, we got so. Cocaine Bear. Yeah, I watched that. I, I convinced Linda to watch that. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'm excited I, I, too. We normally on Saturday nights watch something shorter because we're usually because we're old and tired and usually watch like a comedian yes. or something, something that we can just kind of turn our brain off of. And yeah. I was like, I have a cocaine bear. That, cert- that was, certainly fits that bill, I think. And she was <laughs> like, Yeah, sure. And I know there's a couple times it is surprisingly gory. Yeah, I, uh, heard, I heard that, which is fantastic. <laughs> like, I just, I was fantastic. I mean, it's it's digital gore, but still, yeah, surprising. There was a couple times where I just just kind of give me this look, like, what the fuck have you gotten <laughs> me into? Um, yeah, but I'm excited for you to watch it so we could talk about it on the next show. So I think yeah, you'll I, enjoy it. I, I purposely am holding off on it because uh, Goose is going to come visit uh, okay. next weekend, and she had mentioned. Yeah. wanting to see it so i'm just kind of like well we'll just watch it next weekend then yeah yeah i think you'll have a good time with it um i could somehow it completely escaped me that elizabeth banks directed it yeah holy she, shit yeah that's great i, I think she's like so yeah i think she's yeah i it, it she has a very uh she did a great job it, it's got a very awesome. you know there's a lot of kind of visual flares to it and some of the the timing of of some of the the gorier moments are are, are real it's like just perfect. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think, I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. Um, sweet. And also there's a new Batman anime, the doom. Yeah. I fucking love that, that story too. Yeah. I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. So I'm looking, looking forward to getting into that too. So, 
uh, yeah, so we'll have we'll definitely have plenty to talk about uh, on our next show, as always. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you will be here with us for our first uh, first show of April. Uh, spring will have sprung by then, and, and hopefully you'll be here with us. So this has been episode uh, 169 of Divide Our Werewolves. Uh, thank you so much for spending uh, time with us this evening, and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So from myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night, and have a good evening. <laughs>